Hello, welcome back to Loud Group. I'm Dane. Hi everyone, I'm Rose. And today we are going to crack open the topic of urban and <laughs> what is urban and is it racist? <laughs> and uh, my goodness. Um, so I, could, I just kind of woke up and just kind of blurted out a whole bunch of feelings that rose one morning um, when I saw that uh, a, a studio had finally come out and said, you know, one of the changes that we're going to be making kind of in response to the Black Lives Matter movement, in response to um, uh, wh- whatever it would be, prejudice, equality, racism, um, kind of pertaining to the dance industry, we are going to now no longer use the term urban to describe uh, the, the style um, or styles of our classes or, or styles that the teachers teach. Um, and since then, uh, I think other studios have also adopted this um, and people have been speaking out on it. I think there have, there's been polarizing kind of commentary on it about, you know, one, is it racist? Yes, it's racist because, because XYZ. No, we don't perceive it to be racist because XYZ. And the, the thing I guess I'll start with um, that had been kind of frustrating to me in the first place is that fundamentally when it comes to this side of dance and, the, the, and its community, um, we already don't have good enough structures to be able to communicate and teach one thing to the next. And I think that's largely because we're encouraged to, you know, be free in our languages of dance in that sense. And everything nowadays is a fusion of one thing or the next. Um, and uh, my experience of, of where, of you know, when urban started to kind of like sweep the globe was when there was a big conversation around hip hop and hip hop dance. And what is hip hop dance? And what is not hip hop dance? And that largely came down to whether or not you were actually educated about the who's who and the what's what. Um, not all communities and not all dancers around the world were, were privy um, or, or, or had access, let's say, to the same kind of knowledge. And it was, um, that was uh, the same kind of knowledge of, of what hip hop culture is, was. Um, and so you had a lot of people showing up to class or teaching a class and coining the term uh, urban and urban, urban dance, urban fusion, urban whatever um, was kind of like a response to I'm gonna teach class in my local community but I'm somewhat aware that calling my class hip-hop is not entirely correct so therefore I'm gonna default to this label urban and there, there are no dance police, you know, and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like anyone... Unless you're in classical ballet, then there's lots of police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, they're not... Uh, no one's jumping down their throat saying, no, you shouldn't be doing this, no, you shouldn't be doing that. And then the, also, the other response to that is... is the also response. Also the response. <laughs> <laughs> the other response is, uh, is well... I'm just trying to do a good thing and you don't have the alternative 
solution to this, so I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Um, and I guess that's caused a lot of everyone doing whatever they wanted to for years now. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think people don't quite um, appreciate that hip-hop and whacking and voguing as much as classical ballet has such a long old history and I think maybe people again I don't know this part of the industry like you do but I feel like people who are jumping to call their class urban whatever is almost like a cop-out in a way because it means that they don't have to do the same amount of training or the same amount of research as people before them who are actually you know trained and you know well-versed in hip-hop culture right yeah it's actually not for me it's not just about racism it's actually kind of that comment saying you know urban saying urban is racist is is has for me actually opened this door of being like okay well why did it ever become why did it even get thrown into the mix why was it ever an option yeah yeah well and you know this this, what you're describing goes in like for house for popping for locking yeah um and um i think that the the at least my my experience of this um is that you know, urban is uh, urban. If you're talking about urban, suburban, rural, like you're talking <laughs> about like the geographics of it. You know, like you're not talking about dance styles to begin with. Suburban freestyle. Suburban freestyle. Oh god. Um, but I think that in order for us to to, to settle this this kind of um, this misunderstanding of you know or this this question of whether or not using the term urban to describe your class is racist i don't i think it's important not to think of things in extremity and it's again important for us to take a critical standpoint on this so that we can really understand the 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 nitty-gritty of it so um so back to my experiences you know when you're talking about music culture if you use urban to describe anything within music culture you're not thinking about white people no, that's true. You're 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 thinking about black culture. Yeah. And and I think that it's really that simple mm-hmm. actually. I think that if what you are doing, if you're classing what you're doing as urban and and if that label, it could be it could be again, suburban or it could be rural. <laughs> I like suburban freestyle. I want to learn suburban freestyle. I'm going to add that on my spotlight TV. <laughs> yeah. But if you're if you're if you have a label and that label reminds you of black culture and what you're not doing in your class is teaching black culture to its fundamental bits and pieces you know if you don't know the terms of what you're teaching if you don't if you're not coming to your students with um with with anything then what is ultimately just your interpretation of your very limited knowledge of what you know in this moment then first of all everyone has limited knowledge in this moment right so that's why it should take a really long time for somebody to come out and say, I teach a hip hop class. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've gone and they've done their, they've done the research. We, we keep throwing this around. Do your research, do your research. What does it mean to do your research? Well, the reality, and I think the unfortunate reality of it, is that not everyone in the world has the same access or the same opportunity to be able to study hip hop culture. And that means that you've been to the States, mm-hmm. right? That means that you've you've come across the right people that means that you've made an initiative to you've taken an initiative to go out and you know kind of get that info understandably this is going to be um 
the necessity of going out and, you know, quote unquote, doing your research is not going to be seen as, as just as important or it's not going to be seen as, um, as just as possible um, based on whether you know where to start, who to speak to, how to get there. You know, you kind of just have to be in and out with the right network of, of individuals. And the thing is, at this rate, what most people are going to tell you is that the information is out there, and that's because it is, because Instagram, guys, like, yeah. it's there. The good old internet actually has everything, doesn't it's it? It's there, exactly. If, you're, if, if what you're doing, if, if a large part of what you're doing um, is rooted in what you've learned online, right? It wasn't the case for me. I don't know what it's like to be an Instababy, you know, that, that wasn't... <laughs> no, neither. Right? We too old for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the information is there. So it's important to understand, going back to using the term urban, when you are mislabeling something, someone's going to get upset about it. People have been upset, and I think it's important for people to understand and realize, if they haven't already, that mislabeling hip-hop, one way or the other, has been a gripe of an entire culture of people for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, this isn't new information. Right, right. Subsequently, using the term urban using fusion, using commercial, commercial, (laughs) even Afro in some contexts, you know, like it's, it's been, things are being misappropriated. Things Mm -hmm. are being inappropriately termed um, or labeled in order for people to feel comfortable going in and doing what they're doing. And I really think that it's because they feel pressure to call their class something. Now this is true. And this comes down to accountability on part of dance studios where studios, until now, still, this is largely the case, that you will have someone promoting your class as hip-hop, as, uh, or as urban something, or as fusion something, or as commercial, or as, you know, and then everything varying in between. People are making shit up now. And, the, like, m- my experience was, you know, last year, trying to alleviate... Um, this whole issue with commercial in the UK because it's not a style, it doesn't exist. I don't know what it means to go and take a commercial dance class. Like it's it's absolute bullshit. And yeah, you know, you but where this comes from is a studio using a term that is identifiable by people outside because students wanna know what they're taking before they walk into the room. So it's kinda like you have to call it something. Do you think that maybe it's because I know from personal experience, except for places in the U.S., and I know there is also some places in the U.S., but a lot of studios aren't actually owned and run by dancers or choreographers. Yeah. Sometimes it is someone who is just a business person who actually has no idea, who has a lot of power. Right. You know, so that in itself is an issue because if you have someone operating, you know, a massive space for dance classes, especially like open classes, and they have no knowledge of the industry, they just want to make money, there's no you lose the integrity you lose you lose the integrity of each individual genre yeah because there's no substance behind it well here's the thing right so let's say you have um so so th- that's an example you know like people people owning dance studios who shouldn't own dance studios mm-hmm. because they don't know dance mm-hmm. the the other side of uh, another example of of um, studio directors not really handling how they sell dance let's say properly mm-hmm. is um, dancers who survive their 20s as a dancer they label themselves whether they're mislabeling themselves or not as a professional dancer they are professing to have a career 
and by the end of that quote unquote career are opening studios in their small town. So say you go to a, you, a dan- an example of a dancer who goes to the big city, has a career for 10 years, and then says, you know what, time to hang it up. I'm going to go back to my hometown, and I still love dance, so I'm going to open up a dance studio. Mm-hmm. However, in that city, you have nowhere near the resources to be able to hire teachers that are qualified to teach any of those styles. However, you still feel that it's fundamental to make those offerings, so you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you call the class hip-hop. When... And, and the, the teacher that you hire is a high school kid who can is no nowhere... like, can create something cool for his TikTok. Right, yeah. right, and but like and has not even the faintest idea of what it means to teach that class. Mm-hmm. So you're hiring you're hiring kids to teach other kids, you know, and those kids are growing up and in a couple of years' time because they see that it didn't take very long for that 17 year old mm-hmm. to teach hip hop. You have. 15-year-olds who are now teaching hip-hop, you see? We actually had that last year at the studio, didn't we? And, you know, it was one thing that I really put my foot down on. It was one particular day, and we had someone covering a class, and they were too young. The people they brought in were disrespectful. They had this, um, there was this entitlement to, like, no, I have to teach a class. And I just thought, do you remember the day I'm talking about? And I I just, I've never been so disappointed in that generation. Because I thought... You're 19, you're standing in, fr- in a building that is serving some of the best in the industry for rehearsals, for creative projects, for t- actually teaching classes, and you're walking in and you you have this entitlement that because you have a following on Instagram, yeah. therefore you are a teacher. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what that particular style was, but in that particular genre, it's like no one's worked professionally. None of this group of people that came in that day had worked professionally. They were, a lot of them didn't even go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, like what? At what point? Well, like, where's the? Where's the? Like, why? I remember why do, that day. Why do I? Why do I have to let you teach? Yeah, yeah. Because because I have friends and because I'm going to bring you numbers. That's yeah. what. That's what and that I was about. And I just thought I don't know your name. I don't know anything about you. And you know, I'm using this as an example. It literally just as we we're talking, it just popped mm-hmm. into my head because I just thought that in itself is is the issue with exactly what we're talking about. People want a quick fix for anything and everything, and coming up with new genres like urban and, and fusion is just that it's a mm-hmm. quick fix way to put people in a box to fill a space yeah and that's the you know there's there's a there's a growing there has been a growing trend in the uk for a while now um where uh if i'm not booking i can teach mm-hmm. if you're not booking you have nothing to teach Mm-hmm. If you haven't booked, you have nothing to teach. And if you, you have no experiences to, teach, to share. And if you want to teach, if you're not booking and you love dance and you want to teach, then you go and learn to teach. That's it. And the, to, to understand that the difference. Is, yeah, that yeah. part is being really lost, which is really dangerous. Huge. And because, and just as I remember, that day she came up to the desk, mm-hmm. not the, uh, unfortunately not the faintest idea of who we were, no. didn't know she was even speaking to the director of the studio. No. And said and and decided to say, oh yeah, you know, I've done MT, I've done this, this is all in my CV, <laughs> like I've done all of that, no problem. I want to come in and teach. Girl, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Like that. These are the, the and you know this is we're, we're ta- again like the topic of this podcast is definitely to address this the situation when it comes to mislabeling your class as urban. However, we do have to start pulling apart and and being. Um, better critical thinkers about the underlying issues that cause us to dilute the culture and the and the the integrity of what we do as the generations come and come and come because they're still coming but we got to stop trying to 
assume power and control over an environment just because we don't have power and control over everything else around us. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where to put yourself as a dancer, and if you're not entirely sure what that is yet, just don't think that you're graduating from college or don't think that you're that you're coming out of high school ready to jump in the field as a professional that you're, you're talking about whether or not you want a career that's going to last five minutes where no one takes you seriously and for the remainder of your being passionate about dance over the course of the next five to ten years is going to be submerged in you being frustrated and sharing opinions back and forth that are ultimately gossip based in very, very limited knowledge, mm. as opposed to focusing on yourself and making sure that everyone that you take knowledge from is someone who actually has the experience to back it up. And that means vetting your teachers. The way that you do that is by doing the same old litmus test that we all do. Mm -hmm. Someone either sounds like they're talking, they're talking about what they know, or they sound like they're talking shit. And there's a very clear distinction. It's interesting, like, just, like, that's a really nice little segue into the fact that, you know, when you started talking about this to me, um, I, I guess what kind of stuck out more than anything was actually the people that you were getting this information from or what you were, the disappointment in, in what you were listening to by various different people and the way they were actually delivering information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who, you know, like we've spoken about before, should be at the forefront of changing, really changing this industry for the better, mm -hmm. who are maybe too self-indulgent or too self-involved yeah. to actually like get rid of the facade and just say really directly what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Because when you, have, when you have a following, and I don't mean social media, I mean in general, if you have people following your work, your students, your you actual... have students, if you have you know, a community of people around you, you have an obligation to be direct and share the truth and, and share your knowledge. And by that time, you want to. And you want to, or you should want to, but that's what's not happening. And that's mm -hmm. not just happening in, in the hip-hop industry. That's happening across the board. You yeah. know? And that's a really difficult thing to, to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's. I mean, confidence is something that you put out. It's, it, it, let me say this. Confidence is something that we all see or don't see within our industry. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are not many rules surrounding qualification um, or integrity or discipline. So really, you're just reading someone for those qualities when you meet them. And you can't fake it. You're either... You're, and, and that's because... That's largely because you're only really believable if you, if you step forward and you you project confidence that is not rooted in validation from people who have limited knowledge or from validation from ultimately our, your peers, yeah. people who are only on a particular level in the same learning journey as you, but that happens to be the only circle of people that you frequent. And so everything that you know, because you are taking your knowledge from those people and not actually trying to reach out and see what else is out there, you're not stopping at the at the very simple evaluation of who is my teacher if not somebody who has experience. Mm -hmm. And I think the word teacher can actually go across the board. It's not just teachers. It's anyone in a position of, not authority, but that is remotely more experienced than you. You know that you're surrounded by. It doesn't have to be a teacher in a classroom. It could be a director you're working with. It could be 
you know, someone that is in the same field as you, but has five years on you, and mm-hmm. they've been doing well, and you and you admire their career, and you want to learn. Surround yourself with people who make you better, yeah. and that's always been my biggest thing. And I, one of the reasons that I love that I travel so much for work because. If you're in the same place with the same people for too long, you stop growing. You start to plateau, not because you're working in a differently, because you... I don't know if this gets said in the hip-hop world, but you want to be the worst in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, if I walk into a classroom and I'm the best in the room, I'm only going to learn so much mm-hmm. because I will get information from the teacher and then I will operate at what I think is my best. Yeah. However, if I'm, in the, if I'm the worst person in the room, my... God, does it make me step up my game? Mm-hmm. And it's not a conscious thing, it's subconscious. And this, like as an example, goes across the board. Like you don't want to be associated with a teacher or a leader or a mentor who isn't a teacher, a leader or a mentor. Yeah. You know, like just because someone's putting a label on themselves as being those things doesn't actually mean they are. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to critical thinking, be objective, ask questions, have confidence, but no ego. You know, in order to break down those those walls of it is just ego, really. In order to get through to the real person and and, mm-hmm. and have the courage to know if someone has you know two hundred people in a classroom and an amazing following on social media, and in when you're in the room, you don't buy it. Trust your intuition. Find someone else. Yeah. You know, like it's it's also you know we say this, but at the same t- and there's. There's the shoe on the other foot as well, and I think that's something that that's definitely what I want to address next. But fundamentally, you, if you're 17, you're not stupid. If you're 17, you're not. If you're you're not you're you're not an idiot. You're hungry to learn. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get out there. You're trying to figure out what to do. You have to park your attitude. You have to park your ego and this uh, this obsessive need to feel liked and loved by the people around you because that's not this industry. You, if you came in here to be a celebrity choreographer, you've already, you, you're already dead. Mm-hmm. You've already picked the wrong field. You need to go and you, you need to go and do something that's going to guarantee you that outcome because this is not it. Mm-hmm. Because the best that you can hope for, right, is I danced for someone else. I stood behind the feature talent. Mm-hmm. You see, like this is not that this is not that career. This is not what you should be doing this for. The the and so so all that to say, if you're a dancer trying to figure out how to do your research and what it means to do research, just make sure that you're taking it from a step of what don't I know mm-hmm. and not That's the key what can I yeah, yeah what can I assume that I know so that other people will believe that I should be taken seriously. That's not that doesn't work. It never worked, and the, you're going to spend the rest of your years trying to impress people who think you're ultimately disingenuous and are fundamentally not worth it because you're just too much work in the face of your own ego but it also goes broader than that like even on a human like as a human being do your research on anything and everything Mm -hmm. all the time take some initiative take some initiative because you know i remember my mom saying to me i was young eric maybe like 12 or 13 and we had a family function and the only thing i could talk about to anyone was ballet because legitimately that is all I was doing it's all that I knew and she pulled me aside and she was really angry and she was like I refuse to have a child who cannot speak about anything but ballet to other humans like <laughs> I refuse for that to be a thing mm-hmm. and that little moment 
is why I do so much research about anything and everything so that if you meet someone you can have a discussion so if you're doing more research on your craft and its history and everything like that don't stop it at that use that as the catalyst to open doors to research about everything possible so that it makes you a well-rounded artist you know? as, as an artist your work is ultimately a commentary it's ultimately a commentary of your experience mm -hmm. if and when you put that out like the maturity shows so it's important to and that's that's the best part about it is to be able to pull from any aspect of life any any walk of life any experience any any knowledge you know that you that you have from literally anything that you could possibly research mm -hmm. on Google it's right? all on Google. Like kids. hello, it's literally all on Google. And, cre and create, and then and then create a voice that's actually yours. You know, mm -hmm. something that you really believe in. But anyway, that's a side of this whole discussion about hip hop versus urban versus. Sorry, song. I got kind of carried away. No, but, <laughs> no, no, no. But it, but all you know, fundamentally important to mm -hmm. to really kind of wrap our heads around when we're talking about this. The shoe on the other foot is people who actually have experience who are still using disclaimers to convey an idea. I don't understand how my teachers. Right? Like people that are 10 years my senior, five to 10 years my senior, coming out and not just saying what it is, not putting, not putting enough effort into how they actually choose to vocalize things to their followings so that the image is actually clear. You know, how do you, how are these, and this, this is a community of teachers that know each other, that frequent each other, who, 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 who love and care about and share with each other. Why are you not getting together? And deciding on how you want this to be sh to be shown. Mm -hmm. How are you not coming together to decide as a council of people how you're going to affect the rest of the world who is only able to watch you via video until they see you once a year, maybe? You know, like how how do you how are you not taking the responsibility to do that? I just find that to be such a shirking of your own responsibility as a teacher, as a mentor, as a as a as a dancer, hip hop or not, like. How, how are you not doing that? I don't, that to me doesn't sit. How do you still expect that people who have matured underneath you for many, many years are still going to be able to take you seriously when you come out and I'm more vocal than you? That doesn't make any sense. I don't, I really, really don't get that. So what we need to not do is to not come out and act like I'm here to express this to you from a position of, of, you know, of of an all-knowing love because I don't want to break your little heart. That's that's not what you did to me in the studio ten years ago. No, like, absolutely not. We get, got destroyed. Give me a break! Like, don't be doing that. Like, you're you, you're you're devaluing your own credibility. At least the way I see it. I'm not looking at you like like you're like you're on top of the game anymore. I'm looking at you like, oh my god, even you're making concessions. So like, where does that leave me? I think as well, you know, when people, when I've seen people in positions of power, so to speak, as leaders and teachers in various countries, when they do come together as a so-called like council or kind of group of people to like fight the cause, it's so incredibly steeped in self-indulgence yeah. and self-promotion that it actually loses weight in it. I, in my opinion, it doesn't hold any credibility because instead of sitting watching a couple of people literally like in their rehearsal clothes just being like this is what you need to do you've got a bunch of people really doled off spending money that you know supposedly isn't there mm -hmm. to produce something that actually just is it for clout is it for for building your own profile like it's, that's yeah do you know? that's actually such a good way to put it and like that actually lends to why i actually think that this this 
coming togetherness isn't happening, mm-hmm. it's because one is afraid of the other having a different view, yep. so fundamental that it or actually it, burns a bridge. Or different power. Yeah, that's it too, yeah. right? You know, it's everyone's like, like, no, it's mine. I, you can't have it. I want to. I should share it, but I'm not going to because I might lose it. Instead right. of just like put it on the line. There's a bigger. There's a bigger picture here. The bigger picture isn't, you know should urban be taken down the bigger picture is a civil rights movement it's we have so much power to use art for change yeah. and i've been and the people that are being followed right now the people who are considered the top leaders in the world are not actually coming together to make that happen yeah. it it is so exposing it is so exposing and it makes me so upset that i lived my career to such firm rules and uh, in a way like to, to such a degree to preserve my own integrity to make sure that every everything that came out of my mouth that I passed down to a student of mine was true true to the form of what it is that I was taught by people who actually studied the real shit yeah so like how is it now that you're just concerned about your clout when you're all over this you're all over social media being like black lives matter don't use urban to label your class because fundamentally that's a that's a racist issue like how can you be taken seriously how is it possible i just i I don't know it blows my mind honestly because to see and 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 in a way like these kinds of issues we we were talking about this in the discussion that we had on your live for for the fundraiser Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't see how social activism social activism is is exposing in that you can't be taken seriously if what you do is purport yourself to be a leader on a regular basis and i don't see that from you from day to day yeah how is it that when it comes down to discussing real life issues that are actually outside of dance no like you're too bit you're you're too small for your boots but it's even not just for the leaders you know it's like if if you can't even treat your friends and your peers with respect and kindness and compassion and empathy and all of those things why should i believe that when you write a story every day about how we need to come together in one love like I, like that to me like and that's not even from a teacher point of view that is literally just from coming from a fellow colleague fellow person same age same industry you know but that i have witnessed you know over the years in various various places you know just be blatantly disrespectful of each other how is it possible that you can do that yet like we were saying but you want us to take you seriously when it comes to social activism it doesn't you can't overnight become a decent human right because people aren't going to believe it Mm -hmm. the hypocrisy of it is is really something and it's it's really disheartening because it makes it makes the entire dance industry look look to be fools Mm -hmm. like entire like complete fools who just have, who are just grasping at the straws of trying to figure out how to make dance take, uh, make dance be taken seriously in the world, and not for anyone's benefit, but your own. It is just like the it's. I don't get it. It's completely backwards. How can you not come together and say this is what we need to do? This is how we need to go about it. This is the message it's going to send. These are the different countries we are sending that message to in the, in the hopes of preserving our culture and, and creating an environment where people can share safely and, and feel like they are really getting what it is that they need to get. Well, you already don't... Sh- like, how, how can that be achievable when you don't share with each other how much you get paid per workshop? How can, you, how can you achieve that when you don't come together to create a business structure whereby internationally you're going to be able to make that education accessible in a way that doesn't 
filled just your pockets, but everybody else's as well, because that's what it's going to take. If you're talking about preserving a culture, you're not talking about preserving your own opinion or your own experience of what that culture is. That's whether you grew up in it or not. You still have to cooperate with people. Mm -hmm. You still have to not make this all about you. And that is like the number one symptom in the dance industry is, is just greed, selfishness, mm -hmm. you know, just being, just being so up yourself because you feel the pressure to be that up yourself so that because you think that that's the prerequisite for people to respect you and that in itself is is the issue as well you know i think you know the reason we talk so firmly um whenever we discuss anything is because there's a lack of directness there's a lack of honesty given to each other in any level in this industry in any genre whether you're a hip-hop dancer or a ballet dancer you know you have to navigate it yourself because you don't have someone just telling you how it is mm -hmm. and that is because it's all self-indulgent that you think you have to be greedy you think you have to be unkind you think it, you know if someone else is successful it means that you're not as successful you know this in itself is systemically wrong and you know while we're fixing the systemic racism issue, I think we should also fix this. We're going to have to. It has to. Something has to shift because, you know, I refuse to, you know, be 10 years down the track and still be having these conversations because otherwise, what's the point? And like I actually said to you before, you know, I I really worry that, that like, we're, we're not going to see the change while we're alive mm. because it's taking so goddamn long. I hope that, you know, some of my students who are 17, 18 now, I hope that they reap the benefits of a change. But even then, you know, if people don't really step up and start reacting honestly to things like Urban's Racist, instead of just blindly following what someone tells you to do, it's not even going to be in, you know, the 18-year-olds now's lifetime that they're going to see any change. It's still, you're going to be, they're going to be fighting the same fight that we are now. And yeah. that's not cool. No, that's and they'll, unnecessary. They'll, and they'll have even less firepower, even less uh, of, a, of an ample voice to be able to address what the actual concern is, even less language to use mm -hmm. to describe what it is that they're trying to figure out. And it's just, it's not, it's not going to help us. We're just going to be in a worse position than we were before, whereby the, the true understanding of what the, the core problems are is never going to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think I think we have work to do across the board, obviously, but it's so interesting how this whole uprisal, you know, because of what we do, especially because if you're if you're talking about this side of the dance industry, you're talking about you're talking about cultures and subcultures that have kind of like branched off and been created that still don't have labels, that still don't have an understanding, that are all rooted in black culture. So to 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 respond to the issue when it comes to labeling what you're teaching other people, urban is not the issue. The issue is for people to to know that it's okay to label your class as your class. Mm -hmm. This is your class. That's what you do. If you in in the UK, they have it fine. I mean, like you can hire a studio and do whatever you want and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. The question of whether or not the studio actually wants to do that is different. But then where does your integrity lie? What do you actually want to do? Do you actually attract students on the basis of what the name of your class is? Or are you a teacher? And can you actually do the poll without any of that? And do people actually come to your class because they're learning something that they feel is fundamental to their journey and their careers or their prospective careers or whatever they want to achieve? Are you actually doing something that is substantial, and if you're not, you shouldn't be teaching. 
You just shouldn't be teaching. You shouldn't be a leader. You should. Well, it's that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, you're you're either leading or you're not. If you're leading, you're standing at the forefront of what you do and what you believe in. But that's not something that people can poke holes in. And if people can poke holes in it because you still have a lot to learn, because there are still things that fundamentally you don't understand, you don't pick a position in between and get up in front of an entire room of people who are paying money to be there, and say. This is just, I'm just here to share, guys. I'm just here to, let's just love and have fun and do what we do best and just express your, like, no, don't say you're teaching a dance class then. That's not a dance class. That's not, that's not a class where you are teaching people how to dance. That is a, that is a, um, that is an interpretive <laughs> situation. It's interpretive dance. Don't label it urban. Call it interpretive dance. Yeah. There's also like just for the interpretive dancers out there, like that's also important. Like sometimes you have to like, as much as like everything Dane has said is like 100% crucial. The reason that's so crucial is because there is also space for those nights or days where you just want to go in a studio and not be berated or picked to pieces and you just want to move. Mm -hmm. They're called improvisation classes and they're there for a reason. And I know for a fact, like, you know, a dear friend, friend of ours, you know, she had, she started one um, at a studio in London and she cancelled it after a few weeks because no one was going. And I was like, that's mental because, you know, we've seen we witness how much people want to shift and change, you know, the fundamentals in a class, you know, they make choreography their own to the point where it no longer looks like the choreography. Mm -hmm. Like when you're there to learn and to train from a teacher, you learn and train from that teacher. Even if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. You take something when you walk away, you don't change it because you find it hard. And if you want those outlets, you go to an improvisation class or you, hire a studio yourself and go in and dance for an hour and a half get it out of your system that's the time when you can explore yourself push yourself figure out what's right and wrong you don't have to actually always just go into a studio to practice practice is many many different things like you don't have to just go in and practice you know drills or you know technique for you know an hour that's when you grow that's when you figure out who you are as an artist but when you're in a class and you're in a class with teachers who aren't being airy fairy you're there to learn you mm-hmm. have to do what is set for you because god we had to mm-hmm. we have to you have to <laughs> and back you know it's, it's just so funny like how things have changed like thing, it's been a total 180 when it comes to the format of a dance class if you were dancing 10 15 20 years ago in class coming up first of all you knew who your teachers were you knew who the teacher was before you walked into the room because someone else was coming out and being like that person's teaching the real shit like you gotta get in there like that's where you want to be if you want to get if you want to get where you want to go your teacher was not shouting down the room promoting their shit on instagram every five minutes Mm -hmm. they weren't belittling people for the sake of for the sake of making sure that they had a firm grip on you you know they weren't trying to you were fighting to be seen you were fighting to you were fighting to do so well that you were you were actually worth being given feedback because they saw potential in you mm-hmm. that's like that was taking initiative on your own and you had to be there and there were classes where i took where it's like you had your spot like you had your you had your spot and everybody who came before you had their spot yeah so like again ballet it's like it's the bar yeah like yeah, you go to your spot in the bar. If someone goes to your spot, and you're like, okay, fuck. Or, who is this person? And you know, it was a completely different thing. Right, right. There was a there's a bit of a there's a bit of a pecking order, like a hierarchy that was in a way like healthier than what it is that we have now. What we have now is the loudest, most obnoxious personality gets all the attention. Mm-hmm. 
And because we're all allowed to share what we want to share on social media, as long as you can show that you had a packed room and as long as you can show that you have an outrageous personality, that's what you think dance is. Mm -hmm. That's what you think having a career is about. It's the most ridiculous thing. And especially if you don't identify as being that person, as as if if you don't identify with being a you know, quote unquote, larger than life character that is, you know, just like insecure beyond belief and needs the, the, you know, a a small country's population in their (laughs) class in order to feel validated, you know, like it just doesn't make sense for you to be putting yourself in that environment if you don't even want to be that person. Mm. Why put yourself there? Take your power back a little bit. Try to just like look back into yourself for a second and go, what do I want to learn? How do I want this to manifest? Where do I want to see it going? And then start asking, just start having discussions because nowadays things are complicated enough that you need to be having discussions about them but the best part about that is that there are so many people for you to be having those conversations with there are so many people there are so many people so many people and And so many wonderful people like there are so many wonderful people who know more than you that you can talk to yeah like i feel like i'm constantly trying to source people who know more than me because i want to learn i want to learn more i want to grow i want to change like you know, you have to risk things sometimes in order to grow. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of lacking because the people at the forefront of it aren't risking anything. They're yeah. staying very safe behind their egos. And that's that's detrimental to people long term. Right. Well, that's detrimental to an entire culture. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, that's that's it. Like when it comes to. So, for example, like if someone is saying don't label your class urban anymore. First of all, dance studios, dance teachers, people in the game for a really long time need to understand that if they actually want to make change, if they're the people at the forefront of knowledge of what's what, then they need to organize and they need to get back. They, they need to get. And they, they, I'm not the only one who's made this criticism in the past. Mm-hmm. Like the older generation needs to get it together and come to the table and decide how things are going to be dealt with. If you can't do that, then don't have ex- don't have unreasonable expectations and don't get upset when things aren't going the way that you would like them to. You have to find a way to use your leadership and your capacity as a teacher and a mentor and a leader to make that impact. Nobody can do that for you. And also in the defense of like anyone that's in a student position and student, you could be any age, like I'm still a student to my teachers, you're still a student to your teachers. Like you're always going to be a student to someone, which is a beautiful thing. But if you don't feel like you're actually getting given the right things if you don't ask questions they're never going to change so it has to be on both sides like if the teachers are all going to come together or the people in leadership are going to come together to actually have some kind of structure there's longevity in that Mm -hmm. but as a student if you feel like that's not happening you have to have a voice you have to ask why you know pick up the phone send a message like there's literally not an excuse not to be able to contact someone at this point in time because there are so many different mediums in the way you can do that. Yeah. And isn't it so funny that, you know, what we're discussing is so fundamental to how we get paid, to what jobs are available, to what opportunities are available, to what to, to what we should accept and not accept on a general scale, you know? Like it's that and that's that's the thing that got me about this is like tell me that it doesn't take the Black Lives Matter movement to come up for studios to say, hey, let's just address the very isolated issue of mislabeling our classes as if that's the only problem that we're dealing with. Mm. As if. As if. It's just like, it's just beyond, it's beyond, I can't, yeah. I don't know. It, it, we, we all have an opportunity now where we can break away from the stress and anxiety that we're receiving from, first of all, being, and we've talked about this before, the, from the privilege 
of being able to be inundated by things on social media. Like you're not getting shot down, you're not getting attacked in the streets. That if you're not in that position, then you have opportunity. You don't have you're you're not being you're not being discriminated against. You're not mm-hmm. being declined opportunity. You're being given the opportunity to take initiative and to learn and to do that to do that by way of taking steps to to strengthen your own sense of confidence in what you do based on why you do it. If we all took that approach a little bit more, then we would understand that we're actually not all that different and it's okay that we're not all that different being that we don't all have the answers you know, joint and severally, like we, we're not all monoliths. Like this is not how it works. But no one has all the answers, and that's the most important thing to remember. It's like, you know, we're speaking from a place of experience and a place of we do our own research all the fucking time. Like, if I don't know something, if I have a conversation with someone and they bring up something or or talk about something that I don't know, it's embarrassing. And the first thing I do when I leave is research it. You know, it's that kind of thing that is going to help shift things and change things. Yeah. Yes, do it from a place of love. Don't sacrifice the the boundaries of reality that we need to respect in order to actually have a conversation and make change. Because if it's too if it's too fluffy and like just kind of blurs one thing into the next and if we don't mature, if we don't grow up to be able to have conversations on the ground that don't affect that we agree don't affect our relationships with each other, then we'll actually make an impact. If you are caught up in getting offended, if someone tells you something, if this whole thing, if anything in what it is that we're talking about right now makes any of our listeners offended, or if it strikes you in a way that makes you feel like you need to make uh, make a change that you're not totally uncomfortable with, the question of whether or not you blame us for that <laughs> is a huge reflection on where you're at. Yeah. In- because also, you know, you can... I don't know. I've literally never raised my voice in a studio ever to anyone ever. And I am one of the most direct people when I'm in the room. You know, you can you can be warm and you can be kind and you can be direct. You know, don't feel like in order to get results or to get through to people, you have to be horrible. That's quite that's not the approach, but being direct and not sugarcoating things is absolutely crucial and it's not happening right, right. now. Right. And saying I don't know saying I don't know saying I don't know the answer to this I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. and you know don't don't put yourself in a position where you're forced to do something half-assed or to to fake you know to pretend like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. in order to in order to come to the realization that you're doing something that shouldn't be done like that that you can preempt that by just sticking to what you know and growing piece by piece from there and not putting so much of a rush on being a young and successful dancer because I promise you by the time you hit 30 you you still won't feel that no yeah it it's not coming you never feel that but it, it's also a really incredible thing because unlike most careers we strive for perfection that's from the day we start doing this crazy craft in any genre but we're never perfect and we never get there like even if you're the most successful person on the planet you're still going to have that feeling of like, cool, what's next? What's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps us going. And the fact that we can never be perfect at something is crucial. So stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to get famous overnight. It doesn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. And just be just be ready to change too. Like be ready to understand that you're not going to be the same definition of yourself as a dancer today as you will be in two years, as you were five years ago, as you will be in 10 years. It's just it's always going to change and the way that the world is going right now obviously means that our entire industry is shifting 
it's on the brink of extinction mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. And if you, if you really love this thing and if this is really what you want to do, it's all possible. It's all entirely possible. And, and there are people at the front of making sure that that's possible because they're not living without it and they've made that decision already. Can you be someone who is able to shift with the times and to know that things are going to be different from, from, from one year to the next to the next? And that people in the sphere of what it is that you're studying, when it, if, that, if you have access now to people all over the world, you want to you look at things from that entire perspective and you want to afford yourself the opportunity to learn from as much as you possibly can to influence what it is that you take into the room if you want to be a teacher. So you see, therefore, it's not about... Like, if you were doing all of that, you wouldn't be calling your class urban anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would never have had to have been a thing. It just never... Today or ex- yesterday, whatever. Right? Mm. It wouldn't be a thing. And that's that's the thing, you know? If dance studios would band together right now to actually impact and, and impact a change on the community, it would be to pull in these teachers with loud voices to come on board and to be raw and honest about what it is that they see and feel and hear and know. And to do that in collaboration with other people, to share those perspectives, you know? Be, be a conduit for that, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, we're just the ones who make money and we just listen to the teachers that yeah. tell us what, what what's hip-hop and what's not hip-hop. Yeah. Like, that's just like, it, it's just, you're it not using be... the full capacity of, like, your influence and your power and yeah. your understanding of, of what is available to you in that moment. Like, just get, like, come you on. You want to have substance, don't you? Yeah. You need to have substance as a person and as an artist. So if you don't ask questions, that's never going to happen. Right. So if you got to the bottom of this, the podcast, and you're listening to it now, and you still have questions, just ask questions. You can ask me questions, you can ask Rose questions, you can ask anybody questions, or all a message away on Instagram. It's right there. Yeah, worst case scenario, they don't respond, and then you ask someone else. That's it. So, you know, like, you, you can't, know. nothing can hurt you, like, in doing research and trying to figure out what's what if you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, that's okay. Just the key is not to pretend like you know, because that's always going to shoot you in the foot at some point, whether it's now or 10 years down the line, when you have a a fundamentally important perspective that you missed all because you decided that you were better than that when you were too young to really know, yeah, that's just not worth it. That's not worth throwing all of your time and energy away. So don't feel personally victimized by Regina George during this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She's not here. All of the S. Yeah, she's not here tonight. (laughs) She's not here right now. (laughs) Um... But yeah, yeah, um, that's 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 all I came yeah, on to say today. <laughs> do research, be kind, but be direct. And yeah, send us a message if you have any questions. And yeah, peace out. All the love, guys. See ya.